The Coffee Podcast is sponsored by KitchenAid, whose coffee collection is changing the way coffee is brewed at home. KitchenAid worked with baristas and coffee experts to engineer a new line of coffee products. The KitchenAid Burr Grinder allows you to extract the best flavor from your coffee beans by precisely controlling the grind level. The KitchenAid Precision Press Coffee Maker enhances the classic French press brewing method with an integrated scale and timer to precisely brew a bold, full-bodied cup of coffee. Exceptional coffee made simple with KitchenAid. You're listening to The Coffee Podcast, where our focus is people and our language is coffee. This conversation is a living continuum that includes every link of the coffee value chain from before the seed to after the cup. I'm Jesse Hartman, and you're listening to The Coffee Podcast. This is our series, Coffee in Space. And I'm Charles Nick with Third Wave Water. I used to work in space. Well, welcome back to our Coffee in Space series. This is our second episode, and we have uh, a guest who's from another realm. Well, he's no, he's not. I don't. <laughs> Charles, you want to you <laughs> step in here? He's the man. It's Donald Pettit, uh, two-time, uh, uh, long-time. Uh, duration stay on international space station an actual astronaut so uh let's let's give him a warm welcome with our ears because that's the best we can do here <laughs> so how are you doing this is don pettit well you know i just happen to have a cup of coffee to uh enjoy while we do our our little talk here that's don pettit a nasa astronaut a chemical engineer and a lover of coffee oh this is uh, th- these kinds of things are fun plus i i like coffee and and you you're kind of the uh don you're kind of the coffee guy for space i think uh as far as you know actually yeah there uh, from from a coffee cup point of view yeah uh we've had other astronauts that are really into coffee and have uh and 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 Appreciate the idea of having good coffee on orbit. Uh, well, Chell Lindgren is really another coffee file. If you didn't catch that, he said coffee file, a lover of coffee. Turns out he's not the only astronaut who loves his coffee. And then, of course, the Italian ESA astronauts, uh, Samantha Cristoforetti, she was the first one to... Uh, actually have brewed coffee in space, as far as I know. And and with the, the uh, uh, yeah, with the espresso. And then uh, Paulo is currently up there now on station, and I think he brought some of the coffee pod, the espresso pods to be brewed in the, uh, with the, He's an espresso coffee maker. Do you brew coffee in space, or how do you get a hold of it? What, what is it? Does it come in a bag? Okay, all the coffee that I've drunk in space comes in a standard NASA drink bag that's dry, and it has instant coffee in there, freeze-dried coffee. Okay. 
and and that's it and and they've got just regular black coffee and then if you're if you put in a special request you can get kona coffee so it's kona freeze-dried coffee and then <laughs> you can also have it uh, packaged with uh, the non-dairy creamer or uh, and or sugar got you wow so it, it comes pre and, and I, i'm a, a black uh, and that that's basically it and and so i'm a black coffee drinker so and and i i like the smoothness of kona coffee gotcha so i i requested all of my coffee ration to be a kona coffee excellent so so you do have a choice it's not like you go up there and you're stuck with whatever you you got well i mean you are at that point but you get to choose so that's yeah, that's a nice luxury. And, I feel like, and and then you can, yeah, it, it's it's a nice luxury to have coffee. And I think I had uh, enough coffee to have two bags a day. Oh wow! And and how? I'm sorry. How many ounces? And you need to. Uh, they're made. They're they're meant for eight ounces, and I usually pump them up to twelve. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That's great. So, I, you know, I, I think... And that so, that, you, instead of saying, I'm going to have a, a cup of coffee, you just say, I'm going to go have a bag of coffee. Gotcha. A bag of coffee. So, I guess that introduces sort of the problem of drinking coffee in space. There's nothing, you know, maybe, maybe it's a luxury to be able to choose the kind of coffee that you're taking into space, but as far as drinking it, what you're drinking it out of, there's no luxury. It's drinking out of a, a bag. Yeah, through a straw. And oh. the big thing for coffee, yeah, because it's a bag with a straw. Think of, you know, it's, it's, it's a bag equivalent of the, the little kitty juice box. Gotcha. <laughs> and, and so you're sucking through a straw. Gotcha. And once you start sucking on the straw, there's a little clip on the straw. And you, if you take the straw out of your mouth, you have to pinch the the little clip close, otherwise the coffee will just keep flowing and make a mess. So, right. so just the whole idea of, of taking a sip of coffee from a cup and going, ah, you know, you just can't do that. <laughs> you know, you, you put the straw in your mouth, you unclip the clip, you sock, you clip the clip and take the straw out of your mouth. So, and then you can go. So it's ah. it's kind of a methodical <laughs> process to drink your coffee, whereas on Earth it's very simple. You just pick up your cup, and you and it's like you said, there's that comfort in just taking a sip of your coffee that you can, you don't have that in space. Yeah, yeah, and there's and there's another real seminal aspect of drinking coffee in space. You're drinking it out of a bag. Oh. You can't smell it. And so take your right. favorite coffee that's brewed and plug your nose, and you right. don't get to smell it when it's brewing either. So it's, it's being brewed. You can't smell the coffee being brewed. And so imagine someone brings you a cup of coffee. Uh, maybe maybe you're, you're in your garage with the hood of your car open, uh, smelling engine fumes, and... And someone brings you a cup of coffee, but you have to plug Great. your nose before the coffee enters the room. <laughs> and then you take a sip of the coffee uh, uh, without wow. having the capability to smell it. 
Let's take a moment to really consider this experience that astronauts have in space with, say, coffee. So you bring the coffee, you have a selection at least of maybe different origins you can drink, so that's nice. In the case of Don, he chooses the Kona coffee. And it comes in the bag and it comes freeze-dried. And you have to sip it out of a straw. And when you sip it out of the straw, you have a clip and you have to clip it when you're, I guess when you're done sipping out of the straw. So it's this, imagine just drinking your morning coffee out of a bag. It's not, it's, it's not really the experience you're maybe used to or even one you want to have. So the problem of not having a cup to drink out of in space was a real problem. And we know from our first episode that the psychological and the physiological effects of an astronaut space really need to be addressed with opportunities for a homey feeling. So the idea that coffee can kind of bring that feeling is really exciting. And Don's going to jump into that a little bit. Bacha, your pleasure of coffee comes from the aroma as well as what uh, sensations hit your palate. And you take away the aroma and you you get the caffeine and you get the, the palate sensations but you do not get any of the aroma. So there's there's almost a sense in which there's the experience of drinking a cup of coffee that you hope to uh, replicate in space. Like that experience is missing. It's just kind of, well, at least I can drink it. That's kind of the... That's right. It, it's more a delivery system for caffeine. <laughs> wow. The coffee experience itself is not like what you have on Earth. And so this is all the preamble to why I made the Zero-G coffee cup. In an article on Space.com called Astronaut Invents Zero-G Coffee Cup by Tarek Malik, which was published November 24, 2008, you can read a lot more about this coffee cup. Don is not going to go into all the details about how it works. If you're really curious about that stuff, feel free to look at the podcast description links, as well as go to Don Pettit's Facebook page, which will also be linked, where he posts his videos in space, which it's always fun to watch astronauts in their videos in space. Anyway, let's get back to the conversation. You gave us a good before picture of, you know, you can't smell it. You're using a straw. You've got a shot off valve for the straw. And now it's like, oh goodness, I can finally taste and smell the coffee at the same time. So how was the experience after you made the cup? The experience, uh, it, it, gives you, it gives you the full Earth experience even though you're no longer on Earth. That's gotcha. awesome. Because it allows you to smell and taste the coffee and drink it from a container, uh, uh, you know, used to drinking from here on 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 earth and and you don't realize the um you don't realize how much of our socializing hinges around consuming a beverage from an open container and when you are in an environment where an open container no longer works all the social norms that go with and imagine uh, say you just come in from a spacewalk or maybe you snagged the first commercial spacecraft and you you brought in the whole concept of of commercial space space uh, space 
and you you want to have a celebration with your crew, so you <laughs> you make bag of tea or bag of coffee, and you the orbital equivalent of a toast, and you squish your bags together. And you see, it just it's just not the same. <laughs> Feel gotcha. like a bunch of five year olds. <laughs> when you have an open container, you can now wave the open container around in a manner that you would if you were proposing a toast or having a communion with your crew and you can clink them together and you can uh, all take a sip at the same time and you get the full effect of drinking from an open container and that you see the liquid, you can smell the liquid and you can drink the liquid and you can control it without making a mess. Don, awesome. that is that is great. I, I do have a question. This may seem kind of, you know, left field, but what is the aroma experience like in space? Is it is it more potent, less potent? Is that affected by being being in orbit? The aroma itself probably isn't, but your nose is. And you generally are stuffier in your sinuses and, and your nose and and uh, your nose doesn't work as well in space just okay. because uh, fluid shifts. You know, your cheeks kind of puff up a little bit like a chipmunk, and you don't have gravity constantly pulling fluid down. And so your body has this, uh, your body doesn't know what to do with all these fluids, and, and they just kind of reach an equilibrium in your body distributed around. And, hmm. and one of the effects of that is to, to give you a, uh, a a bit of congestion in in your your nose and your gotcha. sinuses and and I don't think at least for me that they work as well in space as they do on Earth. They still work uh, good enough, and you could smell your food and and it it adds uh, it adds pleasure. Another thing, if you have something hot like coffee. Mm -hmm. Or say you've got a hot meal and it's in a bag in front of you. On Earth, the the, the heat vapors are less dense and they rise, right? Heat rises and it carries the smell with you. And when you hold something like a cup of coffee up to your mouth, the 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 rising vapor goes right into your nose. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're in weightlessness, the vapor doesn't rise because there's no gravity-driven buoyancy. And so it just kind of stays like a fog, a ground fog. It just kind of hugs next to wherever it happens to be. And you have to kind of stick your nose into the ground fog vapor rather than have the vapor move up to your nose. <laughs> so, the, the very physics is different in the way the vapor, the uh, sense into your nose gotcha that's so wild I, I just think it's valuable for our listeners to understand just how different it is out there in space and honestly, yeah it's different but it's also there's a lot of similarities but there's a lot of differences so don i have to ask you what is your your ultimate dream for the uh, for the cop, for the zero G cop, do you have like a a vision for down the road, like decades from now or a decade from now? Well, here's here's what I tell people, and I I have a a a, a story that I can tell about the cup where I go through the whole invention process, and it's morphing from the first generation to second and third generation cup, and I like to end this story 
with the concept that in 400 years, nobody's going to even know that I lived or walked on the earth. You know, entropy will have completely erased the, the idea that me as an individual lived and walked and talked. However, I predict in 400 years, people living and working in space will be drinking their beverages uh, based on cups of my design. Wow, yeah. You know, I guess, you know, some scientists are gift of the world is, I don't know, nuclear fusion or <laughs> nasty disease or whatever. And, and my gift of the world is going to be for spacefaring people to be able to drink out of a cup. That's, that's a wonderful gift, I have to say. I mean, for somebody who... <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's a net. You don't need it to survive, uh, but it provides a certain amount of it provides a certain certain amount of civilization into the wilderness. Don, we sort of covered you know, generally coffee in space uh, and drinking coffee, you know, floating around in space. But what about Mars? Drinking coffee on Mars? What do you? I mean, obviously. Uh, That'll work. Your normal cups will work on Mars. It's got three G, and I think normal cups would work on the Moon at one seventh G. So, so it's it's going to be, you know, the flow rates might be a little different in terms of a drip coffee maker or whatever you have uh, in in that uh, realm. Uh, But being able to have a cup of Joe and be able to drink it in an Earth-like manner, you're going to be able to do that on the moon. You're going to be able to do that on Mars. It's, it's when you are in this microgravity environment, uh, that's when uh, a lot of the standard things that we are used to as human beings on the surface of planet Earth no longer work anymore. Gotcha. Cool. Charles, did you have a question? Oh, well, I was actually going to kind of add to that question. Like, so the trip to Mars, do you... I was curious to your um, your thoughts on the importance of having coffee on that super long trip, at least as how how we've got it uh, put together today. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need. Well, the, we're, we're talking trips to Mars if we get the advanced propulsion that we want. We're talking of the order, maybe even a little shorter than what we're currently doing on space station. So you know, six months. Maybe a 90-day trip to Mars one way. And, and if we develop the right technology, uh, that would be possible. And so, uh, uh, so you're, you're dealing with a mission that's of the order of a microgravity transit of the order of what we are currently experiencing on space station. And it's, you know, you're going to want to have your coffee. <laughs> People are going to want their coffee. That's always been the case, I feel like. If you're, if you're going to work, if you're going to work the crew as hard as they work us, uh, you're going to have to feed them and you're going to have to give them some coffee or tea. I've got a bit of a story. Yeah. Uh, I, let, let me tell you a little bit of a story. On my first flight to space station, I launched on STS-113, the space shuttle Endeavour. And I was a backup crew member and I took the place of, of another crew member that that uh, uh, was, uh, uh, anyway, I took his place and I had to inherit his menu on station. <laughs> and he had no coffee in his menu because he was not a coffee drinker. 
And it oh. turns out the other two crew members that I was going to be with were also non-coffee drinkers. So I was headed to a five to six month mission with no coffee on station. <laughs> oh, no. That is crazy. The food people at NASA took pity on me. And there's some <laughs> extra storage places in the crew compartment on shuttle. And the like two days before we launched, uh, the the closeout crew brought a little bag of, of uh, freeze-dried coffee, pre-packaged in pouches. I think they had 90, 90 bags for me. And it was uh, tucked away neatly in in a, a storage space on the the, the mid deck of the space shuttle, and, and so that way I had 90, 90 bags of coffee that I had to stretch out over the the five and a half month mission. All right, let's do some quick math here. Three hundred sixty five days in a normal year. Divided by 12, you get the average amount of days in a month, 30.41, because I'm not totally sure the months that he was out, out there, but he said five and a half months, right? So we can multiply that number times 5.5. We get 167 days. Now we can do 90, because he had 90 bags over 167 days, and you got yourself half a bag of coffee a day. We also know that these bags were made to fit 8 ounces, but Don likes to cram them with 12. So half of 12 is, is about 6 ounces of coffee a day. That's not ideal. Not at all. You know, life is rough when you're in the frontier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no awesome. kidding. I feel like that's an understatement. So, uh, Don, we are coming to the end of our uh, time with you, unfortunately, but it has been wonderful. We have a few more questions for you. I just have one, and then Charles Charles will have one as well. Um, so my question for you is pretty generic. We ask these for our guests on the show uh, to just to kind of share their wisdom they've gained over the years. Uh, and the question is, what is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, part of it is you you don't give up, you know. Anything worth doing, you probably will fail or at least partly goon it up the first time you try. And you have to be willing to regroup, think about what went wrong, and try it again. And 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 if you do that, you will eventually succeed in something in life. Well, thank you, Don. Thank you for your time, really, uh, to talk about coffee and space. I know it's really going to impassion our listeners about space in general, but definitely coffee in space. And hopefully this is a, it becomes a platform for further thinking and more experiments for better coffee out there. Yeah, and, and just I'd, I'd like your listeners to, to just realize that when, you, when human beings go off into a wilderness environment, you can't take all the pleasantries that you are used to having from back home and this occurs in Antarctica or as well. And we somehow can cleverly think of ways to take the things that are really important in our culture, and we can somehow figure out how to adapt them into this wilderness environment where maybe they weren't really meant to be. Have a, have a, have a good cup of joe while you're, you're working on your podcast. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, Charles, I don't really know what to say. Uh, Don Pettit was just on the podcast, and we just had the had the pleasure of sitting down and talking with him, somebody who's actually been to space, somebody who's drinking coffee in space, um, and somebody who invented a cup to drink coffee. I mean, I don't even know what to say. What, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's a guy who spent over a year in space, six-week expedition to Antarctica, like this crazy experience. And I love this uh, final point of just kind of bringing in, being able to think about luxuries in when you're trying to go on expeditions and you're going to these dangerous places you're obviously you're going to bring what you can to survive but luxuries are still something uh, like small luxuries like coffee being one of those really cool ones that the space station wanted that nasa wanted to bring in for people to be able to enjoy and and even with him going on space station uh, taking someone else's spot to go on uh, that long time ago um, and, and nasa being able to help him out and give him coffee like it was still even though it wasn't necessary uh, like he could have survived without it but it was still something that it meant something to him to be on that mission especially for so long i think that was uh, just a really fun point to bring out on another note too i really respect how he calls outer space the wilderness hmm. i've never i've never <laughs> I've never considered it. I, I mean, I get that it is wilderness, but you know, I think of space as something unreachable, I guess. So it's like not wilderness to me, it's like other. And uh, so it's cool to, to, he kind of made it, you know, in a sense reachable. And it is, because you know, we've been to space as human beings and everything else. But I just thought that was uh, really uh, sort of a, a humble way to go about being like, yeah, I spent a year in space. Because <laughs> he, he just calls it the wilderness. I just I, I don't know. I'm fascinated by that. And, uh, we we have some listeners who spend a lot of time in you know earthly wilderness drinking their coffee. So I, I feel like maybe they can really connect to that moment. <laughs> yeah. I, there, there's an interesting uh, phrase that Buzz Aldrin uh, stated when he got onto the moon the first time himself, and it was magnificent desolation. So it's kind of like this, like association to something beautiful, but it's absolutely like deserted, destroyed. But just thinking about space and wilderness, and sometimes you're on a hike and you're just like, "Wow, where in the world am I? This is, this is magnificent desolation." And as always, feel free to jump onto our website, ask us plenty of questions. We have those new comment sections there on the website so you can comment from anywhere basically just logging in and leaving a comment or a question and uh thanks for listening uh we couldn't do this without you our listeners and uh again we are thankful to don and nasa for for joining us on this episode the coffee podcast is produced by me jesse hartman Music is by Michael Parallax. You can find his music at michaelparallax.com. And that's all for today, folks. So thanks for tuning in. And then as always, and until next time, happy brewing.